0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Bridgewater. We are super glad you decided to join us here this morning. Uh, My name is David, and I serve here as an intern. I want to also extend my happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Hope today is a great day of celebrating you and all the the work that you do and all the service that you do for your families. Well, we've been in this series called Crazy Faith, and in this series so far, we've walked through four different uh, types or four different kinds of faith. And so I want to recap those for you quickly this morning. First, we said that baby faith, baby faith is the ability to trust God at his word. This is really the foundation of faith, believing what God says. We go to God like a child to his father, and we just believe what he says. Then we said that maybe faith is believing that it might be God until it proves to be God. This is where you might only be 51% sure that this is God, but you're willing to move forward anyway, trusting that he is going to guide you. And last week, we said that wavy faith believes God enough to follow him beyond what seems reasonable. This is where we, like Peter, step out of the boat and trust that God will provide. And then last, we said that crazy faith is thoughts and actions that might seem unreasonable, but trusting fully in what you cannot explicitly prove. This is the out-of-bounds, over-the-top, outrageous faith that God calls each one of us to. And as we have been going through this series, maybe you've been sitting there thinking, you know, that's great for them, but I don't know that I could ever live that way. There's no way my faith could ever be that big. You know, we hear these grand stories of faith and then we look at our lives and wonder if we could ever be like that. Jesus isn't calling me out of a boat to, to walk on some water and he's not calling me to a land that I don't know like Abraham. So how am I supposed to live with faith in my everyday life of work and family and getting groceries and all the normal stuff of life? One author shared this really helpful observation about our lives he said this you and I don't live only in big moments we probably make only a couple of big life-altering decisions our whole lives we all live in the utterly mundane in little unnoticed unremarkable moments of life and the little moments of life are profoundly important precisely because these little moments they happen to be the address where you live The character of any person's life is not shaped by two or three grand big moments of life. A person's character is formed in 10,000 little mundane moments of everyday life. It's the character that's formed in those little moments that determine how you think and how you respond in those big moments of life. So how do we live out faith in those small, mundane moments? How do we build a character of faith in our everyday life? Well, today we're going to find out that to live out faith in the mundane, what we need is we need daily faith. All the different kinds of faith that we've been talking through this whole series, from baby faith to, to crazy faith, they all take the exact same thing to get there. And that is daily faith. And so this is our definition for daily faith. Daily faith consistently prepares in the small moments for what God might do in the big moments. Daily faith is being prepared in season and out of season for whatever God might call us to. It's preparing our hearts in that every single day, in those small moments for those big moments that God might call us to. So how do we prepare in those small moments? Well, to answer that question, we're going to look at a character in the Bible who demonstrated some crazy faith, but his daily faith is what got him there. So if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to turn to Daniel chapter six. Daniel chapter six. Daniel is a classic example of faith in the Bible. Even a lot of people who aren't really very familiar with Christianity know the story of Daniel and the lion's den. I mean, this was a guy who was willing to face being torn apart by lions because of his faith In God. And the chapter we're looking at today actually contains that story, but I really want to focus on what happens before the lion's den. What happens before the lion's den. In verses one through five, it tells us that Daniel was appointed to a high office in the government, and he showed extreme qualities. He was a really good guy. He was really good at what he did, and so he got promoted even higher, and that made some of the other government officials jealous, and so they tried to discredit him. But they couldn't find anything. The guy was so upright, so righteous, he was such a good guy, that they couldn't find anything to accuse him with. They couldn't find a single piece of dirt on him. And so that what they said is, the only way we're going to be able to bring this guy down is if it's somehow in connection with his God. And so they come up with this plan where they're gonna go, they go to the king and they say, you need to issue a decree that says that everyone has to pray to you, the king, and you only for the next 30 days. And the punishment for not doing that, the punishment for praying to any other god, any other idol, was to be thrown into the lion's den. In other words, you become cat food, right? And so that was the punishment for not obeying this decree. But let's see how Daniel responds in verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So Daniel immediately defies the decree and says, you know what, I'm going to pray to God anyway. I mean, that's some, some crazy faith to risk being thrown to lions because he knew he could not pray to anyone other than God. He would not betray his God. But notice that last phrase in the verse. It says that he prayed just as he had done before. Daniel didn't start praying when the trial came. Daniel didn't make up this thing to try and be cool and rebellious. Daniel had been praying every single day, three times a day, for probably for years. For Daniel, this was just business as usual. He prayed like he always had. And this praying is what got him ultimately thrown into the lion's den. You see, the crazy faith that made Daniel willing to face the lion's den was a culmination of a daily faith. It was a culmination of daily faith. Daniel had spent every single day exercising that faith. And so when it came time for the lion's den, he was ready. He was conditioned for what God called him to. And we often get this backwards, don't we? We think that when the test or the trial comes, that's when we're going to start praying. We think that when we get the cancer diagnosis, that's when we'll get serious about reading our Bible. We think that when persecution comes for our faith, that's when we'll get serious about living in community with other believers. But Daniel, he understood that his faith needed to be an everyday reality. He understood that he needed to exercise faith in those small moments if he was ever going to be ready for those big moments that God might call him to. And that is exactly what daily faith is. It's consistently preparing in the small moments for what God might do in the big moments. And if we ever want to be people of faith like Daniel, we have to learn to practice daily faith. The devil is not afraid of us having occasional faith. The devil is afraid of us having daily faith. Daily faith is living by faith in those small mundane moments in which we we live. It's choosing to read our Bible instead of just scrolling through social media. Choosing to pray about something that's bothering us instead of just living in anxiety. Choosing to get involved in real community instead of just being okay with surface level relationships. We believe here at Bridgewater that everyone has a next step. We say that pretty often around here. And daily faith is taking that next step of faith on a daily basis. It's taking that next step of faith so that when God calls us to that big step, that we're actually ready for it. It's taking that next step on a daily basis. And What you and I need to understand is that we can't trust, if we can't trust God with the small things, we're never going to trust him with the big things. I mean, all of us want to be like Daniel when we're facing the lion's den, right? But we don't always want to be like Daniel, disciplining ourselves to pray every single day. We don't really want to trust God for and in those small moments of life. I mean, we want to trust God to provide that that house for us, but we don't really want to follow him when he says that we need to make communicating with him a regular part of our lives, even when we're busy. We want to trust God to protect and provide for our kids, but we don't always want to follow him when he says that their involvement in church is more important than their academic or their athletic success. We want to follow him when tragedy hits, but when life is good, we're fine with just letting our walk with him grow stale and stagnant. But the reality is if we don't trust God in those small things, we are never, we are never going to trust him with the big things. If I ever want to trust God for the big things, if I ever want to have crazy faith like we've been talking about throughout this series, I need to be conditioned for what God might call me to. I need to condition myself for a life of faith. It's kind of like athletics. I mean, all of us here understand that the best athletes condition their bodies, so that they can perform in the game, in the trial, and whatever it is that they compete in. They condition their bodies for that, right? They get up at ridiculous times. They eat food that none of us really want to eat. They sleep a certain amount. They, They have this rigorous routine, and all of that is so that they can condition their bodies so that when game time comes, they are prepared. The thing about conditioning is it's not very cool. It's not very glamorous, I mean, there's nobody there at 5 a.m. at the gym cheering you on as you do those workouts, right? There's nobody there who's celebrating you when you skip dessert because you're trying to keep that weight off. There's no, you don't get an award for showing up to practice every single day. And the same is true in our faith. You're never going to be ready for the Olympics of faith if you're not practicing daily faith, if you're not daily conditioning yourself. You're not going to be prepared for that big thing that God might call you to if you're not on an everyday basis conditioning yourself because no one wins the Super Bowl. No one uh, gets a medal in the Olympics if they don't daily condition, right? We all understand that on a physical realm, but it's true in the spiritual realm as well. Often when we fail, it's not because we have not don't have the the capacity for great faith, it's because we have not conditioned ourselves for faith. Daniel would have never been ready for the lion's den if he hadn't prayed every single day, if he hadn't conditioned himself every single day. And just like Daniel didn't get a lot of attention and praise for his daily faith, the reality is you probably won't either. There's probably not gonna be somebody who shows up in the morning and gives you a prize for doing your devotions. Someone's probably not gonna throw you a party because you practice the discipline of prayer. But if we ever want to have crazy faith, we have got to condition ourselves for what God might call us to. You see, daily faith is kind of like being a father. The reality is that much of fatherhood is doing a lot of work that no one sees no one thanks you for and that no one appreciates. Hopefully that's not true today, right? Hopefully today they get some appreciation. But the reality is that a lot of fatherhood is doing a lot of that work day in and day out. This is true of moms as well, right? We said that a few weeks ago. But dads, the reality is you're probably not going to get a gold star for changing your child's diaper. Someone's probably not going to throw you a prize for showing up to or give you a prize for showing up to work when you would rather just sleep in. Probably not going to give you an award for building into the lives of your kids when you would rather just coast. And parenting and being a godly dad is is really choosing to live every day in faith. It's choosing to get up and prepare your heart spiritually in the morning so that you're ready to lead your family that day. It's coming home from work when you would really just rather relax and sit down and watch the game, but instead choosing to engage your kids and engage your wife and check on their heart and see how they're doing spiritually. It's disciplining yourself to be the kind of dad that your kids and that your wife needs, even though you might not be thanked for it every day. Daily faith is doing what God says, even in those small things that no one sees. Are we going to practice faith like Daniel? Or are we just going to hope that maybe we'll be ready when the lion's den moment comes? Paul put it this way in First Timothy 4. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. One of the most amazing promises in the Bible is found in this verse. It says that if you train to be godly, you're going to reap rewards both for this life and for the next. I mean, physical training is good, right? It's good to keep your body in shape, but training for godliness, it has value for all things. All things. And and I, I did a, a study on that Greek word for all there, and I found something that's really fascinating. You're not going to believe this. The Greek word for all, it means all, okay? I know it's kind of some crazy stuff, but... Sorry, dad joke there, I guess. I guess people aren't awake enough for that one yet either. But it has value for all things. And so that means that godliness has value for your pursuit of faith, but it also has value for your job. It has value for your work. It has value for your school. It has value for your hobbies. Anything that you want in life, godliness is the key to getting it. Godliness can help you get there. And one of the aspects of training ourselves to be godly is practicing Daily faith. It's practicing daily faith. So how do I train myself to be godly? How do I condition myself for that daily faith? Well, I'm going to give you four ways that we can condition ourselves, four exercises, if you will, for faith. And these aren't the only four that God calls us to in the Bible, but I think the four are the most foundational and most important. And so I think if if you follow these, you will find yourself living in greater and greater and greater faith. So first, we need to talk to God to practice daily faith. We need to talk to God. might seem kind of simple, right? Daniel is, of course, an excellent example of this. We see him praying three times a day, every single day, and probably more than that as well. You see, prayer demonstrates and grows our faith because it shows our dependence upon God. When we fail to pray, what we're really saying is that we don't need God that we think that we can make it on our own. We think we can figure things out on our own, that we don't need him in our lives. But when we go to God in prayer and we take everything to him, we are demonstrating that we trust him. I mean, if we didn't trust him, we wouldn't bring it to him, right? And I'll admit that prayer so often for me can be a last resort. I'll try to figure it out on my own. I'll try to work at it in my own strength. I'll try to go to other people and ask for their opinion on it. I'll do all this stuff, and when that doesn't work, it's like, oh, I never took that to God. I never asked God to help me with that. I mean, how foolish is that? How small is my faith that that's not the first place that I run? I mean, I've got the all-powerful God of the universe as my heavenly Father. Why don't I run to him with those things? Consistently practicing the daily discipline of prayer is one of the best ways to grow your faith. I mean, if you want crazy faith, just start with baby faith. Believe God when he says that he will answer prayer. I mean, how different would our lives look if we believed that and actually lived like it? What kind of prayers would we pray? What, what, what wouldn't we take to God if we knew that he is a God who always answers prayer? Different what our lives look if we just believe that one thing that he says, that he will answer prayer. To be people of faith, we need to learn to talk to God. Well, secondly, to practice daily faith, we need to hear from God. We need to read the Bible. We need to read God's word to us. And, and this is why this is so important. You really can't have faith without the Bible. Paul says it this way in Romans ten seventeen. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So faith comes from hearing the message, and that message is in the Bible. You see, you and I couldn't even know Jesus if it wasn't for the Bible. That is where we find the good news of the gospel, that God loved us despite us and that he pursued us. That's where we find that is in the Bible, And in the Bible, we also find amazing stories of faith like Abraham and Peter and Daniel and so many others who believed God enough to bet their lives on it. As we read those stories and as we see God showing up for them, we realize that he can show up for us too. As I read the Bible, I can grow in my baby faith as I see God's character demonstrated time and time again and I see that I can trust him. I can trust him at his word. You see faith it requires trust. You can't really have faith in someone or something that you don't trust, right? And the more you talk and 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 relate to someone, that's how you build trust, right? The more you talk with them. And it's kind of like when I when I met my wife. Guess how we got to know each other and how we got to trust each other? We talked. We talked a lot. We talked all day. We texted all day. When she was in a different time zone for three months, I would stay up late just so that I could have a conversation with her And when she got up in the morning. I mean, we talked all the time. And, we, and I'm sure that's true of all of your relationships as well. How do you build a relationship? How do you build trust? Conversation, right? We, all, we understand that on a human level. But for some reason, when it comes to our relationship with God, we get that twisted or we forget that. There's no way that we can grow In our faith, there's no way that we can grow in our trust. There's no way we can grow in our relationship with God if we're not talking to him and if we're not hearing from him. And so prayer and Bible reading are kind of together how we have those conversations with God on a daily basis. There's no way that we can grow in our faith if we're not listening to God. Well, third, we need to connect with God's family to practice daily faith. We need to live in community. We need to be connected to other people. We say all the time around here that life is better connected, and we really believe that. Hebrews ten twenty four says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So this verse is that we're supposed to push one another into showing love, into service. It says that we need to do life together, that we shouldn't give up on each other, that we're supposed to encourage each other, and all of that demands a close relationship. You can't do that with someone you have a surface-level relationship with. You can only really have a handful of those types of relationships. It requires a, a deep knowledge of that person, of how God has made them, and how they're tempted, and what they're good at, and all of those things need to have those kind of deep relationships in order to live in real community. And it's in those close relationships that God grows our faith. When we, so, when we see them follow God, when we see them have faith and we see God show up for them, we're challenged and say, maybe I can trust God like that too. And then they're able to step into our lives and call us into deeper faith. Call us to trust God. It's in community that God grows our faith. And as with the first two things that we talked about, this is something that God has called us to. He's made it pretty clear in his word that we should be involved in community. The question is if we're going to get out of that boat of comfort in being anonymous. We're going to get out of that boat of comfort in having surface level relationships. Reality is that living in close community, it can be hard. People can hurt you. I understand that. There's probably some significant pain in this room, maybe even with other people here at Bridgewater. I understand that relationships can be tough, but if we ever want to grow in our faith, we've got to listen to God when he says that we need community. We need each other as followers of Jesus. God promises to bless us when we pursue that community. The reality is that you also need relationships to be a good father. Being a father is really tough. In fact, we think that it's so tough that you can't really do it without people in your life who love you, who love your kids, and who love Jesus. You want to be the kind of father that God calls you to be. You need people around you. And just like you need community for your faith, you need community for your fatherhood. And just like God grows your faith in community. He's going to grow it through being a father. I am sure of that. So we've seen that we need to talk to, and we need to hear from God, and we need to be involved in community. Well, last, we need to serve God's sheep. We need to serve God's sheep to practice daily faith. See, God has called us to serve others, and Jesus, the one who we follow, made his entire life about service. We need to follow his example. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 4:10. And each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its varied forms. Notice that Peter assumes that each one of us, as followers of Jesus, have a gift. And so that means that you cannot say that you don't have anything to offer. You can't say that unless you want to call the Bible a liar, unless you want to call God a liar. God says that you have something to offer, that you have a way to serve others in the body of Christ. And that service can take so many different forms. Maybe it's serving at home, picking up chores that nobody else wants to do. Maybe it's serving at work, picking up those projects that everyone else avoids until the boss tells them that they absolutely have to do it. Serving can take so many forms. It could mean getting involved here at church. It could mean getting involved in your community with a volunteer fire department or with tutoring or with foster care or with... There's so many ways that we can serve. And maybe God is calling you to start a new ministry to reach out to people in our community and it's something that those in leadership aren't even aware of. They're not even aware of a need. In fact, I just heard between services of a, of a need that somebody recognized in our community that I didn't, I'd never even thought of, and they want to start something to reach those people, to help those people. And, and maybe God's calling you into that. And you've got to step out in maybe faith and say, okay, God, if this is you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust you enough to follow you. I'm going to trust you enough to try this Anyway, we've had people here at Bridgewater start prison ministries, Spanish ministries. We've had people who wrote hundreds of encouragement cards and letters and, and thank you cards. We've had people do all kinds of things. And maybe God's calling you to do something like that. You've got to have faith to follow him when he calls you into that radical kind of service. See, you can't really do anything of great faith without first doing the small things of faith can't really do anything of great faith without first doing the small things of faith. And serving others, it's doing those small things of faith. It's believing God when he says that the last will be first and the first will be last. It's following the example of Jesus who made himself a servant. You ever notice that the best dads are also the best servants? I mean, they serve day in and day out. They go to work and they give 110%. They come home and they serve their wife. They serve their kids. They serve in their community. They serve here at church. They are serving all over the place. They're some of the best servants. So if you want to learn about service, you want to learn how to be a servant to others, look to the godly dads in your life. They'll be able to teach you a lot. To become people of crazy faith, we have to learn to exercise daily faith. And maybe it doesn't sound like that great of a step of faith to begin serving. Maybe it doesn't sound like that crazy of a step of faith to serve in our kids' ministry or to serve tutoring at school or however it is that God is calling you to serve. Maybe it doesn't sound like that that great of a step of faith to start getting involved in community with other believers. Maybe it doesn't sound like that great of a step of faith to start the daily disciplines of reading your Bible and praying. But it is those daily small steps of faith It's those daily small steps of faith that will prepare us for what God might call us to. If we ever want to be people of crazy faith, we have to live in daily faith. And it's a million of those small steps of faith that really form the character of our lives. Remember, we don't live in grand moments of faith. We all live in mundane moments, right? And so we should follow God. We should have faith in those small moments. So let's walk every day in baby faith. Believing what God says is true and then building our entire life upon it. Let's walk daily in maybe faith, being willing to follow God even when we're not yet 100% sure that it is him. Let's walk every day in wavy faith, being willing to trust God beyond what seems reasonable, beyond what seems even possible. And when we've lived with that kind of daily faith over our whole lives, maybe others will look back on our life and say, wow, they lived with crazy faith. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that He makes faith possible that he has made a way for us to know you. God, we thank you for fathers. We thank you for the love that they show, the service that they give. We thank you for the godly fathers that are a part of our lives. And we thank you that they exemplify in in some ways you as our heavenly father. And we thank you that you will never fail us. There's never been a time where you haven't shown up There's never been a time where you haven't come through. You have always proved yourself to be faithful. So, God, we thank you for being a faithful God. And we ask that you would help us to be people who walk every day in faith, who trust you in the big things and who trust you in the small things. That every single day we would walk closely with you, trusting you with everything in our lives from the big to the small. We ask that we would be people of daily faith. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.